what is up everybody welcome back hi this is uh the drunk turkey show we have a special guest in the building uh truth and transparency lena how's it going good thank you for having me hi guys how you been i've been good blue good to see you daniel glad that you're back after covid yeah i'm 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 doing better one of y'all brown fans try to try to get me while I was <laughs> while I was out in Pittsburgh for the Steelers Browns which, game. Yeah, speaking of which, I'm going to be wearing one of your jerseys, so or like not your jersey, but a Steelers jersey from our bets. Yeah. Um, yes. So I got to pick a. Oh, I, I want to title the live and says you know black and yellow or something. Black and gold. What do you guys think? Black and gold. It's black and gold. Black and gold. Black and, yeah. black and gold live. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I thought I'd show you some, you know, some Steelers pride. You know. Oh, in this background area. Yeah. Exactly, you know. <laughs> is that the Hall of Fame right there? Uh, this the, is Hall of Honors. Is that, is that the lock? Is that the locker room? <laughs> uh, Are you in the Steelers be. locker room? You and Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> uh, no, no, Ben's not here. Ben's no. not here. <laughs> he changed. Blue, his don't be laughing at that. <laughs> uh, well, I want to say thank you to everybody in the live chat so far, and and everybody that's joined. Uh, yes. What were you gonna say, Lan? Give a shout out to your mods. I just want to, you know. Mandy, Joe, Steve, the rest of you guys, I just want to say thanks to the mods. Try to give props to them. It's always a handful, um, regardless of whatever live, you know, they always do a good job. So good job to the mods. Thank you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, thank we, you guys, man. Thank you. They do good work. They do good work. So yeah. we're we're here today because you know, we both, I guess, oh, all three of us might have a difference of opinion uh, when it gets, comes to the Brian Koberger case. And, uh, you know, I just want to bounce it out bounce some ideas talk about it you know maybe a little bit debating officially because you know i've heard you talk you know i've seen your your, your channel and i've watched your shows I, I think you lean one way but let us know from from yourself which where, where do you what do you feel or how do you feel about the case the brian Koberger case um well i feel that the state is hiding their case plain and simple um mm -hmm. so therefore obviously um i think Jay Hodgson's uh, best literature that he wrote was that simply the state's hiding their case. You can't label the IgG a tip just like any anything else that goes through the tip line. Can't do that um, and not have it be discoverable material when you want to just claim it to be like a tip like that. Um, if you're going to claim it to be a tip like that, then it then it it, it suffers the same repercussions of that the defense gets it. Um, or you don't claim that and um, state some other thing. But when you're going to claim it, is it would be no different than a, you know, a tip that anybody else would call in um, through a tip hotline. You, you just can't mm -hmm. have it both ways. But in a sense, I believe that the state is hiding their case, or at least you know they don't want to talk about things. And I think when someone's life is on the line and you're trying to get justice for four innocent people, it shouldn't be that way. So you know, I don't. Or is leaning away. Yeah, it's been messed up from the beginning. You know, the nine one one call being nine minutes or nine hours late. Uh, no, I, it's just I, I, been I, a weird, weird thing. I completely understand, and, and and to a certain extent, I agree with you on on a lot of it. You know, and you know, even even the point where it comes to the IgG, I, I would, you know, if I was in Brian Koberger's shoes, and that was something that I felt I needed for my case, you know, I'd, I'd want it too. I don't see what difference it's going to make. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, that's kind of where my standpoint is, is that, all right, they, they got the tip. They got, you know, this, his name from the FBI, you know, Moscow police department still had to create a case against him without using that tip. And so they had to go in, you know, uh, they looked up his, not necessarily his phone records, 
but they had his phone number from a citation and they had a warrant for the cell towers in the area. And they went to go compare and see if his phone had connected. And uh, apparently for whatever reason, whether it's because maybe they saw it, you know, or they expanded that radius and they could see Burger's phone turn off at 257 and, and come on later. Uh, and they use that as a reason to go get well, he didn't ping off of the cell tower. His cell phone didn't ping off of a cell tower between three and five. No, I understand that. Well, what I'm saying is that, well, it did at 440, uh, but at 257, if they uh, they have a warrant, right, for the cell towers and the phone numbers that are coming in. Yeah, for Moscow, so, yeah. Yeah, and in radius is going to be, what, 20-something miles? There should be yeah. times where Koberger, you know, connects to a tower in Moscow when he's not in Moscow. In fact, I think the... Probable cause affidavit states that, right? Yeah, he connects to a tower uh, on Monday, but then they said that he didn't, he really wasn't there or something like that. If he's connecting to towers in Moscow, they have, you know, this warrant to check out the times, then they're going to be able to see that Koberger's phone uh, dropped connection to the tower at 255 and then regained connect the same tower because it was only about three miles away from the the, the, the victim's house. But it reconnected at 448. Now, they may not have known you're saying where it, he... You're saying that it, uh, at 255, um, it dropped connection. That was in that was in Pullman. Right. But is it possible that he was still having a connection to a tower in, in Moscow? Yeah, I don't know. He could have. I mean, um, I don't know. Can you hit off of two towers? Is that what you're saying at the same time? Right. Well, if they're, if they're Well, isn't that how triangulation works? They use the strength of which tower you're hitting compared to others. I'm not sure. But... Yeah. If he did or if he didn't, I don't know. But if all they did was expand the time to five o'clock, they mm -hmm. would have seen his phone pop up in Moscow, uh, you know, out of, near the Moscow Tower because he was about three miles away from the victim's residence. Uh, at when, five? At Wait, what day are you talking about? I'm talking about 448 the night of the oh, incident. Oh, over in, he morning. was in Blaine? Right. He was near Blaine. So that's about three miles away from where the victim's residence was. Is where Three miles? Phone. Yeah, it's not that very far. I think it was like three, maybe five. It wasn't very far. At 448, if he left at 420, like they say, he was 28 minutes driving time. No, I, I agree. I agree. You know, okay. there's there's a there's a disparance of time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they would have seen his phone come out at that time. Mm. And so I think that would have been all right. His phone isn't on, you know, throughout the commission of the crime. And let's or just say they don't or have. It's, or it's not hitting a tower. It's not right, being it's not used. hitting a it's not hitting a tower during the commission of a crime. And then it hits the tower uh, after the crime. Uh, they believe the crime was over. And it's um, in close proximity. It's not too far. And I'm sure they can probably tell uh, based on the strength of that signal that it was probably going away from Moscow. But, Lena, don't you see that that's kind of like fishy that his phone turned off at that time? I mean... Um, from what I've heard uh, from numerous people, that area is really, really shitty with service. So I would like to know more about yeah. that, that you're just, I mean, it's constantly, you're not even able to like use your phone Bluetooth to like play music out of your phone through your car. If you're like, it's just, it's really, really bad. Yeah, but, but not for hours service. at a time. I mean, I mean, I, I believe in sections, well, he's driving around, it'd be picking up on and off, but to turn it off well, for hours it, at a time, he, it was intentional. That's and, what they don't say that they don't know if it was turned off. They're saying it could have been, it could have been, um, they're, they don't know. And I, I wasn't, they should know 
uh, based off of the Murdoch murders, they over there testifying that you can tell when somebody turns off their phone what the command is. So I'm curious right. as to why they aren't just saying what the command is. Right. And they're just probably saving that for trial, but you're going to be able to tell if the command was, did you turn it in airplane mode? Did your phone die? You know, because it ran out of battery. Did your phone, did you, you know, physically turn it off? What was the commands? So I think that's all going right. to play out, like whatever that may be. Um, yeah, I want to say our, our phones are smart enough that this saves that data somewhere. Oh yeah, for sure. It has to. I also think yeah. that, you know, a, who's that, that's their timeline that they're saying that this happened. Um, so him, you know, being offline, I mean, if the crimes happened before that or after that, then he's not offline. So that's their window. So for me, if I'm the defense attorney, I'm moving that time. Right. If I, if I can move so, that time, especially since the two victims stopped using their phones at the same time at 2.52 and he wouldn't have mm-hmm. been anywhere close to Moscow at 2.52 AM. Um, that's when I believe that the, that's that, Things started to take place was at 2:52 when both Kaylee and Maddie no longer ever use their phones again, and that's what so, they all yeah. believed until um, you know they had to make it fit Brian Colberger, in my opinion. Right. So I want to I want to address two things. The first one's going to be the service mm-hmm. uh, phone service. I don't see that being an explanation because if it was him losing service, we would have to believe that he would have lost service in the middle of town when service would be strongest and that he regained service where he's out of town, where you would expect service to be lower and to have gotten through, um, you know, to that road. Uh, I'm assuming that maybe he didn't really have to go through Moscow, but, you know, coming, you know, going southbound, uh, you can assume that maybe perhaps he did go through Moscow or close enough to Moscow that he would have picked up on the tower there. So I, I don't think that that's, is it possible? Yes. Is it plausible? Uh, I don't think so. And uh, let me tell you, oh, go, ahead, go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, the other thing I wanted to address was the, the time. So you said that if you can make the time earlier uh, than, or uh, I mean, or, or later, like it just depends on uh, when I say make it, it's if it does it fit. The evidence has to right, fit no, that. Okay. Right. No, understood. That. How do we count for the reception of the DoorDash at 4 a.m.? So I don't think it's before then. Because the wording in the probable cause is that she receives it, right? Yeah, so, she received a DoorDash at 4 a.m. Right. So that or means approximately that, 4 a.m. Right. It doesn't that say word? that, you know, it was dropped off. You know what I mean? And the I reception, it, yeah. I think it would be an indication of possession. Well, I, that Zana, um, after what I've seen out of these, these guys that write these PCAs out of Idaho, that mm-hmm. whole PCA, in my opinion, can just be tore up and thrown away. So, I mean, mm-hmm. in, in terms of like... <laughs> Uh, okay, she received one. You know, why wasn't the language that she ordered a DoorDash? Who ordered the DoorDash then? Does that even matter? Why are you going and getting a search warrant to find out who was from January to present day who is ever served them? I think why it matters is because if she received it at that time and she took possession of it and they have documentation that the order was received, uh, and then that means that she received was is by the door. I, my, my door dash is leave my door dash at the door. They take a picture. And then as soon as they send that picture, they do their little thing on their side and it's like, you know, it's dropped off. So it was received by the, um, yeah. by yeah. Me, well, but the, it's at my door. That, I, didn't, but, I didn't get it yet. But don't, but don't the confirmation to say, yeah, so you get a confirmation, don't you? And, and then and you can, what do you mean? I don't, I don't, I don't confirm that I got the door dash. They just, they take a picture and they tell me that it's at the door. So I'm I'm just curious when they say that that she received it. Is, did this DoorDash person come forward and say I handed it to you know handed it to somebody and then they showed her photos and she was like I yep that's the girl I handed it to or was well, it just the mechanical part of it that uh, 
Xander received a DoorDash because there was a DoorDash placed and the DoorDash said that, you know, they took their picture, left it there, and it's considered received at that point. So uh, I don't I think I, they just leave it at the door most of the time. You're right. Yeah, they that's what I have. Outside. No, well, well, I think that you can confirm possession is if they put a tip. You, know, you do, if you you go, do that ahead of time. Like when I have to order my DoorDash, I, I tip before my order goes through. That's part of so the yeah, I mean, that's, that's, possible. They, that, that's how a lot of the DoorDashers decide what order they want to pick up is because they see the tips. Mm-hmm. The, um, they don't, they don't the pick up Uber, someone. though, you could tip after the fact with Uber. Like, you know, when you get a ride and when you get dropped off, you then have the opportunity to like tip again if you would like. Um, but yeah, you, but the you, other thing that I, that I would say that like debunks that. A little bit is they took the food inside and they ate it and I'm pretty sure they tested. I, and see, there's the, no talk about that. So um, there's just no talk about that. I think that it it is what it is with that. I'm 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 really not too can. I mean, you see you know, some photos of, of a bag of Jack in the Box food. You know the the names on it. And that could have been from Starbucks, whenever. but it could yeah. have been from another day. I was say it could have been from another day, but only the DoorDash and the, they have confirmation of what they dropped off, so they can always check that. So I saw in the comment section some folks are saying that it said delivered. It says here this is the exception of Cronodal who received a DoorDash order at the residence at approximately 4 a.m. Law enforcement identified the DoorDash delivery driver who reported this information. So, yeah, it does say that the uh, DoorDash driver reported it. Maybe she did hand it off to to, to uh, Zana. Yeah, I, I just think personally they're the law. Like when it says law enforcement identified the DoorDash delivery driver who reported this information. Well, what information did they report? Like it's that's very just so they just reported that, hey, I delivered something. I, I think that's just interesting. Yeah, so, well, they got know. they have. This is an interesting way to say it. A, yeah, I'll be honest. This probable cause affidavit was confusing to go through. I had to go through it a few times. And it, it you know, I talked to a couple of lawyers, uh, one being um, from Murder Sheet. We had uh, Anya Kane and um, uh, the attorney Greenlee. And he he also said, like, you know, it looks like it's a lot of cut and paste from a multiple reports yeah 100 i agree with that you know they're they're cutting out you know different pieces of different places and, and putting it in and i don't think that they've excluded or included more than they should have i think that they put it in there but because it was maybe not written for this specific report they left the report that they wrote it in uh it may look kind of weird like for instance there's a part here where when it says that he exited they, they suspect that he exited palouse river drive and that he would have turned towards um, pullman because it's a 10 minute drive and would have been the fastest road to get there and i'm like why would you put that in there if you know that he what he didn't go that direction you have his phone pings where and you have him on camera coming in and you can corroborate that it's him on camera coming in because you have the phone ping and camera what camera uh, of him now the camera is coming into pullman and so you think he's on a camera coming into pullman you, oh you mean uh, like yeah. You're talking about afterwards, right? You're talking right. about at five thirty. So you, when you say him, you're referring to the vehicle that they are labeling suspect vehicle one, not him. Well, I don't you know don't which one is suspect him. vehicle number one. I'm I'm saying that the vehicle that is seen uh, coming into Pullman at five thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has his phone on during that time, so mm-hmm. you can correlate his movements of his phone with the car traveling in that surveillance footage. Now in the morning at 247, you know, he turns his phone off, right? And so when he gets to or when he's a vehicle is seen in uh Nevada Street going around WSU uh facilities there, um, 
you can't corroborate or, or identify that it's him unless you have a visual of him in the car and or a license plate, which I doubt they have. You know what I'm saying? So they have a belief that it could be him based on the fact that he doesn't have a front license plate. The vehicle is somewhat similar and matches. Uh, I think that the Pullman cameras can I, can I ask are you a, a lot better. I, I believe that that is Brian's car coming in to Pullman at 530. What places him in the Moscow King Road area? I mean, like what the only what, thing what, that what video, him, what video, what's the first video that they use to place him there? Well, the 700 know, block of Indian. That's Indian the Hill. first video that there you said that he came out on. But they also said that they had um, had him on numerous amounts of footage and numerous cameras. Now, when it comes to the probable cause affidavit, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to be focused on only Brian Coburg and only the information that's pertaining to the arrest. So we'll find out how many different cameras he was actually seen on and where exactly he was traveling during those times during court. But for the probable cause affidavit for his arrest, the only thing that is important to have on there was the fact that, you know, um, where he was the first time they saw him when he directly went uh, to the uh, victim's resident or that vehicle that is suspected to be him. Now, you know, there's a couple of things that we can determine based on. Um, well, don't you, know, you think in the probable things. cause they were going to they would pick? I mean, because um, this is so circumstantial that you're not going to try to pick something that can best, you know, show. How are you going to say that this vehicle that you see in Washington Pullman on a, on a camera? How are you going to able to sell it to me that the vehicle that you see in Washington at 240, you know, 7 a.m. Then you pick up a you pick up a um a camera over in the Moscow area on uh, Indian Hill at the so 700 the block at So the one thing that I think 330 329 rather or 326 how are you able to tell how are you able to say that that's that same vehicle I'll explain that well, in a second we'll go ahead one thing that I want to say is the, the probable cause ain't convicted on murder like 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 uh, placing them there it, it was just enough to give the judge the arrest warrant to arrest him for the murder. So the, the, the thing that got him was the DNA on the light sheet. On the night sheet. That's what they yeah. got the arrest warrant from. Was, uh, yeah, that's what, what it, it was built on. Right. And we'll get there. When it comes to like placing him, one, I don't think that they had the footage in Pullman. I don't think they ever tried to tie him to the footage in Pullman. Uh, they didn't know who Brian Koberger was until December 19th, December 20th. And that's when they kind of put the pieces together. Um, why do you disagree? What What makes you think yeah, that what, they, what, yeah, what makes you think that they knew who he was beforehand? What's, what's your opinion? Or that he was a suspect beforehand? Not that they didn't know, because we know that they had his name, you know, in a group of um, white Elantras that was somewhat in the area, right? It's what makes you think that, that they knew about who he was before? Because they're hiding their case with the whole FBI IGG stuff. Otherwise, you would be able to go ahead and talk about that. All right. So so you think that... Because they're not giving up the think... dates. They're not giving up the dates to any of that. Those dates are very, very important. Well, uh, the New York Times, I don't know how, how accurate their information is, but they reported that the day that the IGG it came back was December 20th or 19th. One of those two. I'm pretty sure wait, it was wait, the 19th. You said the IGG came back when? That they had the information from the an IGG uh, workup by this, on December 19th, I believe is what it was. So, yeah, so the New York Times reported it then. I don't think they knew who Koberger was until then because, well, nothing gets done on Koberger until after that. They don't, um, they pull his phone records on December 23rd. They pull his uh, the trash on his dad, December what, 27th. They pull 
um, you know, everything, you know, starts after December 20th. The information. So you think they did everything in this PCA, the majority of it? You think that they did all of that in nine days? No. The evidence that they used to identify him, yes. Now, the video stuff that they put together, um, that's probably going through all of that time, you know, the seven weeks. But yeah, I don't think that it took very long. You know, I think they may have acted a little too fast. So this is on one of the, uh, let me see, it's page on, this is on July 14th. And this is on the reply in support of motion of protective order. This is the state's reply. And at the very bottom, it says, uh, moreover, as DLG policy and on IgG explains, the FBI can only use the IgG after the investigating issue. Agency has pursued reasonable investigative leads to solve the case and the perpetrator's identity remains unknown. So, so, that's what, so you think that they did that? I do think they did that. And they had no idea who he was until this came back. And, you know, the New York Times is saying, and here's the other thing. So the New York Times says that on December 19th, they get Brian Koberger's name. Howard Bloom's article states that on December 19th, that um, Chief Fry was happy. He was so happy. He described him having a pregnant smile. And um, <laughs> that he smiling. spoke. Yeah, that they, uh, they spoke to the chaplain and he spoke to uh, another officer and he told them to, to be ready, be ready. And then apparently they thought they had something because of the Eugene, Oregon vehicle. Right. <laughs> and then if you go and look, they'll, the Moscow, Idaho puts out, um, you know, those releases and they say that they're aware of the Eugene, Oregon. And then the next day they say that they're aware of it and it's not related. Right. My thing is, according to Howard Bloom, they thought it was related to this case. Now that came out before, I believe that was before, uh, um, I don't remember when that came out, but when that came out, they told us about that. I went back and looked. It was December 19th when that vehicle was found crashed. If they thought that was Koberger and they were watching, wouldn't they have known that he was in the Poconos on December 19th? You're not able to put a PCA like this together if you just corroborate that Brian Kober is your, you know, your sheath DNA um, culprit. You're mm-hmm. not able to put a PCA like this together in a matter of hours like they say that they did um, when they went ahead and and arrested him and, and got everything signed, everything on the 29th of December. Um, you're not able to do all of this uh, unless you are piecing it all together as you're going along almost like in real time. It takes a while to put something like this together unless this is your person for an extended period of time, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So I don't, that's, I mean, if, if um, it would have taken them long to get to Brian Koberger, if you go through the IgG process, from what I've mm-hmm. talked to with, uh, professionals in just terms of like it has nothing to do with that case has to do with other cases and with that being said you're supposed to wait and that's supposed to be like the last like the last thing that you're supposed to do that's not something that you would do on november let's say 20th or 24th or 25th um that's going to come way later Uh, and that's when i believe that this type of stuff was done and um and if it was in fact done and it was done the right way uh you'd have to have a huge hit be able to get this name. And I think the interesting part is, is that uh, what Jay said in his uh, motion, when he says, how are you, how did you even give the local law enforcement in the area, the name of a 
white Hyundai Elantra. Where are you getting that from? Because all the video stuff that we have, we can't even tell what vehicles these are. So how did you go ahead and pick out a white Hyundai Elantra? Well, I'll, I'll answer a few of those. The first one and the last one, that's that's a defensive tactic. You know, I, I've seen it multiple times where you clearly have a vehicle in there. The defense is going to say, I don't know. I mean, it could be something else. And so, you know, that that's a defensive tactic. You know, it, it probably... I don't know how clear the, the video is or not, but going back to you, you saying, how could they have, you know, it would have been a lot longer than December or November. Well, because you know how no. you said you, this looks like it's like pieced together. It's like choppy like that. Right. Okay. And, and, and I agree. I think that, you know, they did some investigating and the part that is choppy is up to the point where we get to where, you know, they get Brian Koberger's name from the IGG, you know, everything up to that part. Yeah, it is. You know, you have, um, then why yeah, all the secrecy part. around it if it's just so simple like that? Like, and you did everything by the DOJ and. Well, they see. Here's here's the thing. This is what they did. Um, they got his name on December nineteenth. They probably went to his house and couldn't find him. Right, he was already <laughs> in the Poconos <laughs> or his apartment. You really, th right? you really it, think that? Not, oh, you, yeah. So you say December nineteenth is that's when they knew that it was Brian Cober. Yeah, everything lines up because the first thing that they do with him as far as pull a warrant is his cell phone or historical data. And that happens December 23rd. If they knew who he was, you know, uh, November 19th or November 20th or 25th or December 1st, it you know, based on the information that they used to acquire that warrant, they would have gotten it a lot sooner. And everything goes really, really quick once you figure out who you're, you're, you're looking for. So you got his name. They probably went to his apartment complex and said, hey, he's not here. That's why the probable cause affidavit states that they had to go and find him through, you know, that he he passed the uh, license in Colorado, got stopped twice in Indiana. That's why that's in there, because they're like they had to find out that he tracked across. So they, so they pulled him over. They did just by total fucking in Indiana twice and within a 10 minute period, totally didn't know who he was. Then they also, yeah, there's no way they knew who he was. The The reason why they didn't know who he was. If you look at the demeanor of the officers, when they approach the vehicle, if they're under the impression that this is a uh, quadruple homicide suspect, I don't think that they're going to be leaning in with their hands and talking to this guy, like nothing, you know, that's a felony stop. This guy doesn't know why you're pulling him over. You might be pulling him over and you know you're just trying to check his hands or whatever the theories were, but he don't know that. And so this guy did commit a quadruple homicide. I don't think an officer is going to walk up in there, put his hands in, in the car and reach in when this guy is unpredictable and you suspect that he's already taken the life of the vigils. So, yeah, I don't think that based so, on the demeanor of the officers that they had any any knowledge. So um, this guy has some really, really horrible luck. Then he gets pulled over in August. He gets pulled over in October. He gets pulled over twice on the same day within 10 minutes on what was it? December? Or was it like 15th or something like that? Maybe. Maybe he's a bad driver. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah. I mean, he, he got pulled over before how many times how many uh, have you ever seen somebody get he, pulled he over? gets out of every single one of them man he doesn't even get in trouldn't <laughs> i know but he, like, he gets pulled it, over. you would think he was like a blonde enough. with huge br breasts getting out of these tickets i, I mean he kind of looks like a, a little bit of a blonde not <laughs> you know what i mean like he's just getting out of every ticket possible yeah no he he, he is and he has you know, he's gotten pulled over a lot of times. I just don't think that in that a moment. Driver. Right. And I don't think that, you know, if I was the officer that was pulling this person over and they told me, hey, just pull him over and, you know, check out his hands or 
Well, one, if they told me to check out his hands, I'm gonna be like, why the fuck do I need to check out his hands? Mm-hmm. Like, what did he do? Right? Because it's an officer safety issue. And yeah, I just think that's know, crazy. Yeah, there's no way we're aware. They didn't know who he was until the IGG came back, and that came back December 19th. And they probably didn't have the footage down on on uh, from Pullman, Washington, until after that, because you know, cause affidavit states that you know they would have thought that he would have gone straight to Pullman. Well, I think that's a clue as to how law enforcement how they did their their investigation that they would have assumed that had he gone this direction that he would have been there in 10 to 15 20 minutes so they would have looked at the cameras in pullman for the next 30 45 minutes but coburger doesn't come back in until 30. yeah but that's the the problem that's see that's the problem i have blaker's writing one thing so he can secure uh, a warrant to search brian coburger's apartment so what he says is that he went straight back there Payne in his affidavit for the arrest of Brian Colbert and be, to be able to use this whole loop-de-loop, we traced him all the way back and doing all that. He says that, you know, he went this other way and, and traveled that way. So you have two guys, same department, are saying two totally different things that they believe that this suspect did. Do you think that that's going to be problematic at, you know, to, to say, well, why did you think he went straight home? Well, if you had actually well, the... um doesn't have access If you had the data, the- if you had the data... But even, well, did even they, with those search warrants, uh-huh. they didn't find anything, you know, so they, they can't be right. against him. They didn't find anything there. So they didn't find the knife. They didn't find no blood. They didn't find anything. No, but you just but, can't be going and lying in affidavits. Like, well, I mean, no, did that all was, was the officer that um, stated that he went straight to was, was he informed or did had knowledge at the time of when he wrote that warrant that um, there was that put him south? Yeah, I would assume I, so. Yeah, I mean, but, they both have you know, everything like know. word for word until they get to that part where Payne's going off this direction of like him doing his loopy, and then Blaker's like, yeah, everybody knows it's just these these two campuses. Everybody just travels back and forth. So wait, right. he's saying that it is um, not uncommon. But in the sentences leading up and prior to in the PCA, they're talking about how uncommon it just contradicts. Right. It's just contradicting. Right. And and I understand that it's confusing. But what I think they're trying to say, though, is they would have assumed uh, they that he went that direction. And if he did, or not assumed, but that they would have been, said, all right, if this guy goes in this direction um, towards Pullman, you know, he just committed a quadruple homicide and he's probably he's seen traveling at a high rate of speed. If he went this direction, we should see a vehicle, you know, entering Pullman's cameras, you know, within a specific time. And if he went that direction, we should see the vehicle pulling into, you know, Blaine, Idaho at a specific time. And if he went, you know, to Quarter Lane, we should see him pulling in about an hour later. And so they did all those things. And obviously, Koberger, knowing how he would be investigated, understanding criminal justice and being a PhD student, he would have known that had he gone straight through back home, that he would be on camera going in through Pullman and they would have been able to say, hey, look, there's a white Elantra without a front license entering Pullman, you know, and go in this direction. And they would have at least at the very least. Known then why don't they have him? Then why don't they have why don't they have that coming in? To- they do. They have it at 530. And the reason why it's at no, no, no. I mean, coming into Moscow for, at like, you know, the three. The 329, they just pick a car that's on some random right. road. Like, where was right. that car before that point? Where was that? Like, you can go back and, but you can't put it in the PCA because guess what? It it doesn't go with the narrative. I would like to know where that car is. It's on 700 Indian trails or Indian Hills, whatever, prior to that. Like, back up mm-hmm. the camera, see where it's coming from. What, like, where is it at? And so 
I, I, no, I, I, think, I get you'd, it. You'd be on a camera before that, right? If you're saying that he, what, he just totally avoided all these cameras. There's actually there a shit ton of cameras. camera that caught him. Like, well, it's a, it's a ring camera, and I don't think it's his car. It's, but we'll see. Yeah, right. We have to see what they. What, what makes you mean? think it's not his car? I don't think that you can. I don't think that you can say it's his car unless you actually see him in that, or that's the license plate. You can't just tell. You just can't tell a jury. Okay, hey, at this time, oh, there's Brian Kohlberger's car. Like, wait, what? How? Oh, but well, that's it. Look at it. It looks just. It looks just like it. No, that's I understand that fly. aspect. It's not just but gonna you, you said you don't yeah. think they're it's married his car. to the PCA, so they're right. married to it. But you said you um, don't think it's his car. You know, um, that's saying yeah, that I there's don't. something about the car that makes you think it's somebody else's. Um, um, I just do think you, it's a car. Do you think there's a possibility it could be Brian Koberger's car? I think it's the hybrid. I think it's the um, the vehicle that the cops used for the undercover. Okay. That's right where they were. No, because those have ghosts. They always have the ghost lettering on the side. They have to be marked, even if it is the hybrid. It has to have the ghost lettering on the side of it. And it would show on certain glare cameras. Uh-huh. And i never seen cops use a Hyundai. I mean, it, it, I've seen them use Expeditions, Corvettes, Camaros, something that would catch up to somebody if they broke the law. Well, no, this was, like, this was these weren't people to break to go on high-speed chases with. This is a Moscow undercover uh, drinking, allegedly, and drug use um on the campus and these were the people that were it would just be plenty of officer body cams. it'd be a, a, a it would be something bigger like a van they would need multiple officers because if they pull up to a party it's gonna be kids running everywhere and like always <laughs> i mean you were young you were young you know when wait a second you think that these guys are getting out to do something about this this is uh, i mean yeah. it's a college town it's a college town but if somebody gets out of hand Blue says, go get some vans, Moscow. We want to have a paddy wagon to just throw your asses in. <laughs> hey, hey, well, in, in Mexico, that's what they, 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 they put They pull up in the bus, and they walk in, and they start IDing. There's no they, don't, they don't even ID there, man. They just, people yeah. just say, I don't have my ID with me. And they're like, okay, what's your name? You know. I mean, yeah, they, they can lie, and, you know. Well, they do. But, they but do. now, or like, it depends on the state and their laws. Like, I know here in Texas, they just passed a law. If you don't have your ID with you, it's a thousand dollar fine. You Good. Know? Maybe they need to put that in Moscow. Simple Nobody has IDs. You know, <laughs> if you're caught driving without a license, it's a thousand dollar fine or jail time until you get your license. You know. Oh wow. So it just passed this. Uh, this so they, they, maybe they need to put that over there. I mean, you got to know who the, the person you're talking to is. What if it is another, you know, convicted murderer and they lied about their name? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that I, I agree with you. I think that when people don't have their IDs, it's funny when they're just like, okay, well. But not, we we see all these body cams um, at parties. Nobody has their IDs. Who goes to a party? They don't. These guys don't carry their wallets. I don't understand. It's been it's free beer. They're college kids. But so they're just like, I'll leave my ID. I'll leave my um <laughs> my underage ID. I'll leave it at home. I'll see <laughs> my brother. And then when they look up the brother's name, oh yeah, this guy is twenty five. Okay. <laughs> this guy is 21 you know like man we were trying to get you for that underage drinking yeah. so there's a camera though that sees a, you got a pretty good angle of the uh, intersection of king and queen uh mm-hmm. where you know i think it's at 11 12 yeah it gets a, i mm-hmm. think if car goes in there and does a three-point turn in there it's gonna be a pretty clear indication of what that vehicle I... could be from the side because you're gonna get a pretty good profile view now mm-hmm. from the side angle i'm not sure you know, you're going to be able to tell whether it's a 13 or an 11 or whatnot. Um, I think they got a pretty good angle um, or enough of to determine what kind of vehicle it was. I, I, the, I guess my question is, is then why not have the police and the FBI be looking at that <laughs> camera angle to um, to give the description 
Um, again, I'm only going off of what the motions say. And they're like, the FBI looked at a car that was going the wrong way at the wrong time on Ridge Road um, right. to do their assessment of what year and make and model. Yeah. Um, I, I again, I just, I don't think that people are going to put that in a PC, in a motion. I'm not going to risk my career for you. Like my job is to defend your rights. I'm not going to, you know, risk my career. So when people can well, say what this makes is a you tactic, think, I mean, tactic. If they're not willing to risk their career, do you think that mm-hmm. law enforcement agencies and officers? No, I think they're willing to cover would. their ass if they mess up. But you and have multiple agencies. You have multiple agencies. You have like, for instance, the FBI that got involved. You have um, Idaho State Police that are involved. You have Moscow Police that are involved. You have the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Commonwealth law enforcement that's involved that did the arrest. Like all of these guys would have had to have been in on something or Not had to have been like, hey, they they one off on us now. No. If, if not, it's, who's ever unified command? I, I can't control what you do with my report. If you want to lie about what I put in a report, that's on you. you know, I have no idea. So to say that people would have to know th- about that, I disagree. Um, I think the, the hard part to, to, to that is then there'd be horrible backlash if there was lying, like like we were saying. And what, what, that it'd be what, an easy way to get a murderer off by falsifying documents. I don't think they would be that dumb, in my opinion. No, if it's if it's not Coburter and they're framing him, what would be the? Why would he be the target of a frame job from the law? Why is anybody the target of a frame job? I think that that question can be reversed. Well, I mean, I'll answer it. I'll answer it. The reason why you opinion on somebody is because they don't have an alibi to prove that they were anywhere else. And if it's good enough evidence against somebody, you'll get somebody else scot-free. Right. But, but you would have to know that, you know, he's driving a vehicle without a front license plate and that you would have to commit this crime during that he's out and about driving alone. And have to plan it so that during a, a small window of an hour and a half or hour 40 minutes that he's going to have his phone off or out of service. That he's going to be in an area out of service when he's driving alone. And and somewhat from descriptions that I've you know, come across, it doesn't seem like he had a lot of friends or whatnot. His alibi is that he was by himself without a phone. The, the I don't know if he's going to be telling Brady people. violations. These guys are Giglio. These guys have Brady Giglio. They're, they've had Brady violations. I cover, mm-hmm. I'm covering a case right now. I physically have Gary Tolson commit, I mean, knowingly saying something that's not true in a PCA. That's oh, what the people... Gary- Gary Tolson, Gary? That's, he's one of the ISP um, detectives that Ann Taylor asked for his records. He was a big part of this. Brian what do you think case. his contribution was to this case? I'm saying when if, if people are, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a conspiracy. If someone's dirty, they're dirty. That's right. not what a conspiracy isn't that. Um, if this guy fudges shit because they get tunnel vision and then they want to do something. But if, if they went about it the wrong way to get any type of IgG and they're like, okay, hey, we can't use this because we did the back loop-de-loop shit. You're going to have to find another way to get to Brian Kohlberger. That actually makes complete sense to me. Okay. That's what makes sense to me. Why rush it? Why not make sure you can go ahead and get him if he's your guy? They were greedy. They they needed money. Make sure that people um, didn't leave the university. And so yeah, that I mean, people came back. If they, there's, also a, there's also a pub issue you know that if if you think that there's a guy out there that committed a quadruple homicide you know there's a possibility that he would do it again and you are under a little bit of you would be under a little bit of pressure once you find out who that person is uh, to make sure that they're in cars or in cars before they can take the life of somebody else so that's why you would act fast it's not necessarily oh man we're 
you know, we, we got to pin it on somebody. I mean, in the case, why not pin it on Brent Kopaka, who, you know, can't speak for himself, who threatened roommates and, um, you but know, that's not what they were saying. They SWAT. weren't saying this like, was a targeted attack, Daniel. So now you're saying that they knew that it was a serial killer and they're telling everybody that they're everyone's safe and they really weren't. It's great. Well, leadership. I mean, you, you also have to understand like that you can't, you can't police have can get something everything. wrong. Like just because they came out first saying that it's a targeted attack doesn't mean that that's going to be the aim of the entire investigation. Like there's going to be certain things. And if you follow the evidence that pop up, that leads you into you know, plausible and possibility uh, of who committed certain crimes. Right. And, you know, the first day, what do you have the first day you have, um, you know, from what we know now, you have a, a victim who was had more severe injuries. No, hold on. First let's, 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 let's think about had the first day. They had a victim who had multiple injuries that seemed more severe than others. She was recently out of a, the guy that she was recently, you know, broken up from lives down the street. He was with her the night of the incident uh, at the, at the corner club. There's video pictures of him there. Like you probably are thinking, all right, yeah, it's probably this kid. And so that's why the mayor comes out day one and says, you know, this is a crime of passion. And then he walks it back the next day and says, it could have been a burglar. It could have been something else. So by the next day, they had uncovered some sort of evidence that led them to believe that it wasn't clear cut crime of passion for the mayor to walk it back. So, you know, as information comes in. Wait, let me ask you a question. Out. You bring up a great point, Daniel. Why would the mayor ever say that? Who said something well, to him for the for somebody him had to, to make that comment? That. No, I agree. Somebody would have had to have said something to him. And I think but the he mayor is the mayer. Does get certain? <laughs> no, they do get certain like like yeah. privileges to certain information about the. Yeah, city. yeah, and especially in a town like this. How about Bill? Um, how about backseat Bill walking everything back too? Who? I mean, everybody's all walking everything back in this case. Mm. Nobody's on the same right. page in this case the whole time, but, even to this right. day right it, now. You you would think if it was a frame job, let me put it this uh, this theory out there. If it was a frame job. They went back far. They went back months. They had to start destroying his 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 work. Um, you know his his character uh, from work. His, yeah, his character from work, where he started getting fired. You know, he's he getting written up for his his um the way he was acting, the way he was grading, and then well, not just that. There was the, the tally. So yeah, my my fear my fear is that if if Brian Culver is the guy that he could possibly walk because they didn't do what they, what they were supposed to do and how they were supposed to do it. And they didn't follow protocols. And, um, and that would be the worst thing that could possibly ever happen is that if Brian Colbert is the guy and all you came out and preached to us over and over and over is that this stuff takes time, this stuff takes time. And then here to find out that you guys weren't even taking your own advice on how this has to work. And Hey, we want to make sure we don't want an arrest. We want a conviction. Um, who you, do you guys need to sell it to us or you guys need to sell it to yourselves? Because yeah. if Brian Colbert is the guy, then y'all fucked up right now because nobody should be feeling right now that he's not the guy. And you should be able to have your, your case and it shouldn't be hidden. See, um, I, I so that's, that's how the law works, in, in my, my opinion. opinion. You have the right to face your accusers. You have the right to face your witnesses, the evidence against you. You have that right as a citizen in the United States of America. And if Brian Kober was the guy and is the guy, shame on anybody that fucked this up because we got four innocent people that might not get justice because people fucked up. So and that'd be, that'd you, be the, that'd when be a tragedy. You say that you say that this investigation wasn't done right. I, I don't see how it wasn't. They didn't know who Koberger was until the IgG came back. Like we document says they can't do it unless there's nobody, they don't know who it is. And I think that early on, 
you they can't figure go it out very IGG. quickly. Right. The FBI they, has to pay for that. They have to pay $700 to go and submit it. Then they have to wait their time to then upload the, the, the profile. You have to do it the right way. You have to show your receipts. As an F, as I'm, a I'm, I'm FBI not. agent, you cannot go and go use these databases and opt people in that are opted out. That's but we breaking. don't know that they opted people in that aren't opted out. We're, that's what that's, that's you know, the contention people, right now. Have you not yeah, been watching? Some people are assuming. That's what they're saying. People, that that's what happened. No, no, I, I, I understand that. I just don't see like. That's why they're even, trying even, to protect the work because if they have if to say this, they're fucked. Otherwise, you would just case. show it, Daniel. Otherwise, you would just show it. Right, but, but even if that's the case, what are they going to do with that information? Throw out the IgG. The, the, the prosecution is not using it. It's already thrown out. It's the IgG like, means the DNA goes, which means you're not going to have the sheet. No, DNA. the DNA doesn't go because okay, the we'll reason see. why, and I, I'll explain why. Because that's fruit of the poisonous the tree. No, I'll explain the fruit of the fruit of the poisonous tree as well. So they're going to argue you, that you have. I mean, they can argue it all they want. You have nothing it, to compare it to. You don't have a sample. You have nothing to do your IgG work. I, I can off of. I can explain it. So what okay. you have is they got the uh, DNA profile on the sheath. They went and created a profile and they entered that into CODIS and came back. No hit. No hit from anybody that anybody's committed a crime or any of those things. So they have then they created an STR profile to compare it to suspects what the fbi did or what moscow did was then they sent an, uh, a separate profile not the same one that's over here a separate one to uh a a genetic lab in houston they were doing the genetic tree and um the fbi got involved took it and did their thing right then they came back and said hey we're, we don't know 100 percent it's him because we didn't actually Buccal swab Brian Koberger and test his DNA to the DNA on the sheet. But if our work is right, you might want to look at this guy. And that's it. So they go and they start looking at him right now. They have to build a case. They can't just use that. In fact, they're not going to use that. Daniel, the they warrant, used it in the search warrant to arrest him. They no, used that's it. the familial. That's the dad's DNA. That's the exactly. That said that he was. That's they, not. That's not the connection from the tree. That's that's because they pulled the trash from his parents' house, and when they tested the DNA from the tested trash against to what? the ST, against the sheath DNA, the sheath the, DNA. They came mm -hmm. back as the suspect. How did father. how did the FBI get the name Brian Kolber? They can they pulled it from accounts that are not supposed to be seen. If you do not, we don't do know that. that. You, You're assuming that's true. I'm telling you that that's my opinion based on them not wanting to turn over that part of the evidence. And if that in fact comes back as true, it's point it's fruit of the poisonous tree. That's what I said five minutes ago. If it's, it's if, it's, if it comes back that they didn't do that, then it would be fair um, game. That's my pick. Right. That's my take. Here, here's the thing. Let's say that something was done incorrectly. Let's say there's a chain of evidence that is messed up. Everything back to where, you know, the IgG was created is thrown out. That has no effect on the STR profile that was created. And it has no effect on the warrant with the, uh, you know, the reason. How do you why. get Brian Kohlberger's DNA to test it against what you obtained off the sheath? Why didn't you just go and get his DNA from, you know, Wait they till tried. He gets That's back why they pulled the parents. Why are you going to wait till he gets back to town if you think that this is a quadruple homicide, per, you know, murderer? If you think that this guy has committed some such a crime, you're going to say, you know what? Let's wait till he gets back in town. Let's give him the holidays. Uh, you know, he can have New Year's off. And then when he gets back, we'll see if we can find DNA and test it. No, they're going to pull it as fast as they possibly can, because the goal is to get a killer off the streets. So 
They go in there. They pull. So how trash. did they get the trash? Would they? How did they? Wouldn't they have taken all the trash? And so none of that trash came back. As so, you think that all that was tested? How did they get that? They, I, they I tried- don't know what all they tested, but I know that they were able to pull a DNA profile from the trash. And when they tested that DNA profile to the profile in the sheath, they came back as the suspect's father. And so it had nothing to do. With the tree, and that was put that was put into people. the arrest warrant to arrest no, I, him. I get it. They they, <laughs> they probably shouldn't. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not going to use something in court, you don't. They needed it. In. That's what Judge Megan I think was trying to say is, I will sign this if you once you get me DNA. Get me. We have DNA. Get the DNA. That's why right, that's the only if, warrant that has it. Like if we go back and look at who else they investigated, we don't know their names, but we know that they pulled the DNA off of somebody secretly, right? So we know they investigated other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So So, why why does that make it illegal if they pull his dad's trash, abandoned property, and and they test it to the sheath and it comes back to, you know, the person's father? It's because of how you know it's the person's father. It's because of how you know it's the person's father. But but it's you don't not. know it's you, you listen, Data. If you would have, t- yes, that is you're not connecting so, the two parts. I, in the I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna explain a situation that happened one time. Uh, I was given information, you know, when I was in law enforcement, that from DEA that a vehicle was coming into town, and that this vehicle had uh, a certain amount of narcotics that they had gotten a tip. Now DEA was doing their investigation, and they were doing. Uh, gonna get a bigger fish, right? But in order to get a bigger fish, you, you kind of have to knock down some of the smaller stuff. That way, you can attribute to, like, for instance, hey, this guy was a big fish, and this was the guy that he was, you know, having run his from one location to another. We arrested this person on this day. What I had to do was make that arrest and make a legal case against this person. So I couldn't pull this person over just solely based on the information they gave me. You know, I, I hadn't seen anything. Nothing had been done in my presence review. I didn't know any of the specifics of what they were doing. And it was probably in my best interest not to because that wasn't my part of the investigation. So what I was supposed to do was find a reason to pull them over, find a reason to search the vehicle. And if something comes up, it comes up. If something doesn't, it doesn't. So I knocked the vehicle down and the guy ran from us. He ended up crashing. And sure enough, there was stuff in the back of the car. And when I go and do my report and when I go get my, you know, uh, did all my stuff so that this person can get charged properly. I never once put in there that I got word VEA or any of their investigation or what they have done because it's hearsay at that point. They don't know for sure. They don't know. Just like they didn't know it was for sure Brian Koberger when they said that his name and it's different law enforcement agencies using each other as a tip that doesn't go into a case. And when I when ended up having Daniel, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. All let's say there's 10,000 tips that came in Mm -hmm. that uh, law enforcement had to go through. Right. That you tell me out of those 10,000 tips, who had DNA from the crime scene that they were able to use to submit their tip with? Wait, run that by me. So like, I'm not sure I understood. That, so they came out and said, hey, guys, we had 10,000. Then we had 15,000. We have 20,000 tips that came through. OK, right. we vet them. We clear them. Perfect. So all of those tips are called discover. That's discovery. You turn it over to the defense. Like, here's all mm-hmm. the tips. Right. Now, you tell me if the um, the tip Brian Kohlberger's name was turned over as a tip. That's what they said. Like the FBI turned it over as a tip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me out there what people out there used DNA from the crime scene 
when they submitted their tips to law enforcement and through law enforcement, like tip lines. Well, Who, I don't think that what, what average American that turned in a tip? The answer is zero. So right, now, but the, that doesn't, now this that doesn't FBI, mean that the can't. FBI got to use the DNA from the crime scene to create their tip. And that's not going to be considered because you can't you can't have it both ways. Is it protected or is it discovery? Because you Moscow Police Department came out and said, we didn't do anything. This wasn't, we just got a tip. Well, you tell me what American out there, uh, the 20,000 tips you got had DNA from the crime. Does, does it, used does to it matter? Does it matter yeah, where because it this came is the from? Argument. This it, is they're the not argument. using it though. They're not using it against Brian Koberger. <laughs> oh, and God, to answer this question oh. here, See, if that's the DEA obtained, no, if the DEA obtained the information in an illegal it's way. It's about being discovery or not. On. Hold on. It's if about the, discovery. If, if the DEA obtained the information and they told you in a legal way, which they didn't, obviously, but let's just say, let, let's find, I'll, I'll come up with an example when somebody did something in a legal way. If Jaime is a is a drug dealer and he screws over Big Blue on a shipment, and Blue ends up telling me after the fact, right? He's he, it was recreational using him, just you know, distributing or anything. He says, "Hey, man." That guy's dealing and he's fucking shady. This and he's like, I'm not going to do any of those things, but it's your job to go put a case against him. So I'm going to go That's out great. There. In discovery, no, in discovery, am I going to be able to know? It's about the no, tip. No, you're it's not. Discovery. You're not going to know that. You're not going to know that because when I go in there, I'm going to put on there that, you know, I noticed that there was vehicles passing at X amount of hours throughout the night. Right. And then on one. So night, when you're on the vehicle stand and someone stopped, asks you how on. you knew that, what are you going to say? I can say are it was a tip or a, conf or a confidential informant. You can say right. that. Yeah. And a confidential informant gets protected. And it's exactly what they're trying to do right now. They're trying to say that this but is they're not protecting them. They told they told everybody they put it in the probable cause where they got it. They got it from the FBI. Right. So they're well, not we'll trying to hide it. Out. They're not trying to who's hide that, where the tip came from. Yeah, they're trying. Right. The they're, prosecution they're isn't. It. They put it in the dang paperwork, isn't it? Them to put it in their paperwork. They're trying. Did you not read the the, the motion? No, we're I, all I, we're all considered about, we're all considered confidential informants. Right. Anybody no, I understand what that is. Right. That means it's protected. <laughs> the reason why it's considered confidential that's, informants that's is because those people that they used within whoever used the Ancestry 23andMe or whatever program or whatever that they had used, they weren't even you know, aware that they were used in that situation. They may have opted in and said, hey, they're not notified. They have nothing to do with the case necessarily. They're not coming forward and saying, oh, it was Brian Koberger. It's their connection that's coming forward. And they're saying, all right, there's a high likely chance that this person is the guy, right? How did they get that information, Daniel? You cannot just go and break terms of service and do things illegally. But who said that, that they did? Who that's, said that they that's did? What's what if, happening right now? No, that's what the defense is claiming. That because, they because they won't right, turn right, it over. Because they won't turn it over. Turn it over so the they don't have to claim that. Job is is to try to cause as much, you know. <laughs> But what presidents? What presidents is there out there that the it's FBI you're turns over? It as a tip, a tip is discovery. A tip is right. not but not discovery. The, the, if so it's you, also used, but it's not used in the case, you know, Daniel, it, it really isn't. It was. You don't think that this was used in the case? I mean, obviously they used it to pinpoint his name. But what they, I'm saying they is, used it you to still have him. to build a case. No, you. Have, they, that's not what they used to arrest okay. him. They used. Well, then that's where we have to disagree. The, we're going to agree no, that's because, right there. I believe you believe that they didn't. Yeah. And I believe that they did. Yeah. We have the right to disagree with each other. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's where I think that right. that, that way that it would just point would be made is that, okay, I agree that 
you see it that way and I see it this way. And so that's the, and that's what the argument right now is in court is did, is this something that should be discovered material? And we want to know the date that this happened. We want the date of the lab work. we want the date that it came back. That's what they're saying. Show your work. And if my life is on the line, I want somebody to show me because what if my parents didn't do no DNA at 23 me? You know, we want to I mean, know if you're innocent, it wouldn't matter, right? <laughs> if you're innocent, it would matter. <laughs> It would matter if you're innocent. I mean, because then we have I'm a huge saying, problem. Because at the end of the day, if it were innocent, it wouldn't connect back to you. If you're innocent, once it connected back to you, you wouldn't. There would What's be stuff connecting to connecting back to you. him. What's connecting? Well, the DNA trail tree connected back to Brian Koberger. They were able to grab trash out of his parents' house, <laughs> and they were able to determine that his father, um, you know, through. I his just father, can't believe they didn't get any him. of his DNA out of that trash. Well, he was pulling it. <laughs> He was, he was that, throwing away the, he was throwing away the trash in the neighbor's trash. I think like, I think the reason they didn't get any of his DNA is because they got that DNA at Thanksgiving. And he they was got that DNA way he before was he was ever even around that house. Well, I mean, he was, he was the, the, protecting his DNA. Yeah, he was pulling it out and putting an individual baggie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it, we're gonna. Was, yeah, that's some weird, in weird his, stuff. In his I hope trash. I hope that we can prove that because I I would love no, to his, see his it. sisters even said, stated that's the truth that that's. You know, according articles. to according <laughs> no, it was according to that show that, yeah, um, that his sister even said that. And that's according to a source. So what source would that be? It's probably a just race statement from, you know, taken by a police officer. You know, when things are going wrong, somebody will just kind of blurt stuff out at certain times. And, you know, this was a raid going crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if, in fact, she did question, you know, Brian Koberger as a possible suspect. That yeah, during that I, moment, I during that moment of adrenaline, that, I'd be like, "What are you doing, bro? Why are you having all this stuff?" I'd be laughing at him. I, I, I think I would. You know, I wouldn't be making fun of him in that scenario. I'd be kind of scared shitless because you just had the uh, <laughs> police come in there and bro- bro- broke down your door and and just right? completely raided the place. It's 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 not a uh, nice well, thing when it happens. Up to that point, though, I would be like, what is wrong with you? We knew that you were weird, bro, but you're like, you have gloves on, you're eating with us, then you're taking your... I mean, yeah, according to what they said, I mean, I don't know how true it is. You know, you got to take it with a grain of salt because the media wants to sensitize things and want, they want clicks and views as well, right? Yeah, so, I just think that that's... You know, they're going to make something bigger than it's not. You know, I, I am, honestly, I'm the kind of guy that tries to look at both sides and look at things from multiple angles. And early on, I was very questionable about a bunch of stuff, but as, you know, information has come out, you know, as clarification has come out, like for instance, you know, the DNA, I had more of a concern about the amount of DNA that they had to um, test against Koberger, you know, if it was so small and, you know, Howard Bloom. So you have to take that with grain of salt as well. Cause he also said that. It was touch um, DNA. Right. But he had said that they didn't find anything period and then they had to go to another lab and that lab had to find it because it was microscopic. and that's i agree with and you that's, that's not true that's not true no that's not true and what happened was they damn you howard in. liar no, well he he didn't know it's not no, i think I just, he got the information i want to give I a think. shout out to to muffy dragon slayer she used to be a member of my channel she's always super chatted and donated so much. I know yeah. that she loves, uh, she loves the way that I laugh. Um, so acting like she does it here is priceless to me. Thank you for all the <laughs> donations, Muffy. Appreciate it. Thanks for all the membership for 20 months. Appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's, let's all be nice. Y'all I, I haven't really kept an eye on the chat. Um, but you know, when it comes to 
to him. Uh, I forgot where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say one thing before I jump. I just want to say no. one thing before I jump off. Okay, I gotta jump off. The muff always gets you, Daniel. I know. Muff. I, I usually <laughs> just always would say, "Hey, Muffy, what's up? Hey, Muff." So yeah, uh, my my but, theory is. You know how the theory that they say the Indiana State Police was in on it, that they were following them? They, w- they would have at least some evidence of that because anytime they do calls on the, over the dispatch, they're recorded. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. if their message to, if it was a cell phone message, those are saved. The defense can request that information to see mm-hmm. if, if there was any of that kind of, kind of stuff that happened. I haven't seen that because they don't want to waste your time. They're... Trying to, or they you know, did and came back. They did, that, maybe, but uh, we don't see it yet. Uh, maybe later they'll, they'll say that it did. I would see if they, if they did and nothing came up, it was a waste of time. When it comes to that thing, though, Daniel, what do you think about I, the phones not being used? Like, what do you think about the victims' phones not being used for the time of the crime versus I'm saying that they're going to go with the um, surviving roommates and the surviving roommates' phones as far as to say what time. Uh, you know the time of the crime was and not be used well they the do use phone. one of the victims they do use one they use, uh um zana because she was on tiktok at 412 but you know yeah. we have to have to assume that when kaylee and well tiktok were, just runs though it does but they have you know if they're going to go in there and say that they suspect that this is the reason they were that she was on there at this time uh, and put that on there there's probably a good reason why they think that it's at that time you know maybe you know, if it's just running, how does it just stop, right? Unless, you know, if there's something running on a phone, usually the phone doesn't turn off on its own unless somebody clicks it off. So uh, 412, we have um, Zana using her phone. And Kaylee and Maddie, if they were attacked in bed, they may have never had an opportunity to grab their phone. So that's why maybe perhaps it's not being utilized. And when it comes to uh, Dylan and Bethany, you know, when it says that a forensic download of their phone tells you, you know, that's one of the reasons to determine the time is if they were asleep, you know, after a night of drinking and partying, it's four o'clock in the morning and they hear something and turn, turn their phone on to see what time it is or move or just to see, use it as light. That would be enough to um, basically, what do you call it? Uh, determine that, you know, when they were awake, you know what I'm saying? So like, like if I turn on my phone at four o'clock after it's been off for a while, there's going to be a report that the phone turned on at four. And then there's going to be text messages. Now, what she probably said was during her interview, like, what time did this happen? She she may have said, I don't know. Uh, I checked my phone. It said four o'clock. And all they have to do is then, all right. She said she checked her phone. It was four o'clock. Let's download this. The phone comes active at four o'clock. So you have her statement and corroborating evidence from the phone downloads to indicate that this is when the crime or this is when this person woke up. Our phones do track us because like, I work overnight, right? But sometimes the guys will send me messages and I'm busy and I'll see them later on. And they'll say that you were last active four hours ago. The phone would tell me that. I was like, I didn't ask. My question, but my question was, is why aren't we using the victim's phones for the, I mean, it's in the PCA. They don't use the, the victim's phones are not used to, to say anything to do. Like normally, like if you were to get murdered blue or me or, or anybody that they're going to use a victim's phone for that timeline. They're going to use their own phone. And here in this case, they use everything but the victim phone. So I'm just asking, what? why do you think that that would be? Do you think I that think, tells a different story? I, I think with the phones, they were um, probably just plugged in to be charged. So they weren't moved after a certain right. time. And only one phone was moved 
which is the one that she was. We don't know anything back. about their phones being moved or not being moved because we don't have that information. But all we do know is that they don't use it in the PCA. And I think that it's because it does not corroborate their narrative for the PCA. Yeah, I mean, or sure they, they, or it doesn't move. show up. I mean, yeah. there, there's a good chance that it, they weren't moved at 4 a.m., you know. Like Ethan doesn't even get barely talked about at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Well, if he was asleep as well, he wouldn't have his phone. So the only person awake uh, that it, it, so they're all asleep. I assume. Yeah. The only person that I assume is awake throughout this process. Yeah. Kaylee's uh, dad's just adamant that, you know, she fought for her life. She, you know, well, there's all these, I I believe after everybody everybody was fighting for life after the incident started. Yeah. You're going to move. You're going to feel that jab. I know what I know what Steve is saying, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Let's take Brian Koberg out of this situation. Let's take the DNA off the sheath. You know, if they had DNA under the fingernails um, from a scratch, wouldn't you think that that would be more pertinent to go after somebody? Right. Not DNA on a sheath. It would be the DNA under the fingernails, DNA, you know, and if he, if the victim bit somebody in the mouth and the teeth. Yeah, there's like none, that. that's what I'm saying. But like, there's be, none of that. What about like there's sweat, none of that. saliva right. from Brian Cobra? Right. All it, of that. It's nowhere. Well, then somebody committed this crime. In such a not very only famous- framing. Yeah, not only framing Koberger for it by putting something there with his DNA, but managing not to get their DNA, their sweat, their so breath, That's not their true. Blood, There's two skin. unknowns right now. Well, the two unknowns are in the area of where two bodies were. It didn't say that it was underneath the fingernails of one of the victims or on the bodies of the victim. Yeah. It said it was in the area of two where the bodies were. So also, it could have been on, the, on a but shelf But the other somewhere. DNA that's in the house has been accounted for. We don't know... Like, we don't know that that actually could be like sweat. Like I, I would love to just know how much sweat and spit was taken out of that house versus like. Right. But if we go back to the victims, they were all taken. Their lives were taken with a, with a, with a knife. We can assume that it was a sharp edge object, whether it was one, two, three, or four, you know, their, their lives were taken by a knife. That's close proximity. So if they fought for their lives, there would be evidence of that. There would be evidence under the fingernails. There would be all these things. You know, I, I think they were caught off by surprise and, they didn't obviously know what was going on. I think three of the victims may have even been asleep uh, during the time that they, uh, the, the commission of the crime happened. And when somebody has defensive wounds, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were defending themselves by hitting someone else. It could be that they're defending themselves from further getting attacked, putting their arms up, uh, grabbing the knife. Things like that can be considered defensive wounds. So yeah. uh, based on that information, somebody would have had to committed this crime. And who do you think or who would suspect number one be when it comes to they would not only have to frame Koberger, but also commit the perfect crime against four people without getting their DNA or anything put on there? Like, like, who are we looking yeah. at? Yeah, it's not a drunk. Guys. I don't think it's not an ex-boyfriend. A drug addict ain't going to be able to pull that off. You know, a drug user is <laughs> not going to pull that off. Maybe yeah, a college I, student who you know is in criminal justice, who has classes in forensics and how not to leave your DNA at the scene and how not to take a scene with. I think maybe that person could have the means to commit a crime like this. Uh, yeah, but I gotta go, guys. Yeah, me too. Actually, I have to go too. It's about to be ten, so I have to go too. Um, are we but I want to say yours? thank you. So um, we can well. We can I we can pick up tomorrow if I don't know if you're around tomorrow like yeah that's or, fine I can do I that I want to say thank you though uh, thank you for oh, the thank chat you. thank you um to both of you guys um thank you I just hope that if Brian Colbert is the guy that they get him I've, and I hope that if he's not the guy that you know they get the the people that are or if it's another person if it's just one one person at the end of the day guys there's four people that lost their lives. Yeah. in something that was just ridiculous like how does this happen you know what i mean and i think for all of us that have 
children maybe we should want to know why this happened um mm-hmm. that are growing up and you know hey you have to do this or you know be you know watch out if, if there's any way to protect our kids as they're growing up you know knowing that it, it would be helpful versus hiding stuff so that's the you know, i agree like like i said you, I, like i you. said I, there's a lot of this that i agree with you on i think that coburger should have gotten the work you know, if it's him, you shouldn't have anything to hide. I just don't think that it's going to make a big difference in the case overall in the end. And if it does, then I think that the police or law enforcement and prosecution are going to have, you know, a hard time proving that it was him without reasonable doubt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I said, if there's just a way for it to all come out that, you know, I just for these families too, like they're the ones that have to live the rest of their lives, like every day living this nightmare. So that's... Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, you know, Susan Morphe's body was just found. And I'm so happy to, you know, for her family to find that out because that just unknown, unknown. Like, that's, I think, the worst part for anybody. Like, we're on, you know, just think about anything that you don't know. Can you imagine something like this on this type of a level, not knowing something? It's just, it's sad. But um, 100%. Um, but thank well, you guys so much for having you me. Guys. You guys know I love you. Thank you, um, Chad. Thank you, moderators. And um, rock it out there, big blue. Yeah, you're well. my boy, Big Blue. I see you. <laughs> I'll try to jump on your show when I can have a few drinks. Yes, somebody said yes. I, had, I had too many drinks in my it. drinks. I had no drinks tonight. I have to work. I have to stay professional. Yes. All right, Daniel. Yeah. And then um, I'm so happy that you're feeling better, and I will talk to you soon. I'll, I'll shoot you a text, but we'll do we'll do another night that way. Um, as I have to, I'm gonna go. But we will. 100 understand. Okay, honey. Uh, I'm gonna that being that guys, I want to appreciate everybody. We'll be back on Friday night. That being said, I'm gonna bounce out of here. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>